Welcome to the What's Literacy Got to Do With It podcast, a podcast for exploring all things literacy in Quebec and beyond. Literacy is more than knowing how to read and write. It's also about empowering each other and yourself to thrive throughout all aspects of our lives. We're your hosts, Jamie Cudmore and Chris Shee. Let's get to it. Welcome, Welcome everyone. Welcome hey. back to another episode. How you doing, Jamie? Hey. Good. Hi, Chris. Welcome everyone to the What's Literacy Got to Do With It podcast. We're back for another episode. It is August. It is hot in Montreal. It is hot. It's stinking hot. It's like 39 <laughs> degrees today out there. Hopefully everybody's drinking water and keeping hydrated and yeah. and uh, so forth. So keep cool, gang. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you're keeping cool by listening to this episode. This week's right. theme, uh, we're connecting three generations of family with Zoom Goose and taking risks with TED Circles. Incredible. Chris had Especially, some great conversations. Yeah, I sure did. Because as you all know, I mean, over the last year, we saw many of the member organizations quickly adapting to their programming online because of the pandemic and everything that's going on. So, Jamie, you want to let everybody know what's, yeah. what's happening in this, this sure. episode and what we got going on? Yeah, there were challenges, as we've heard, and as everyone has experienced over this year, but our guests today highlight the newfound opportunities for connection and lifelong learning that came from adapting their literacy programming. Today, we are joined by the South Shore Literacy Council and La Maison de la Famille La Mosaic to chat about their early year program, Zoom Goose. And then we sat down in a discussion with the participants of TED Circles, organized by the South Shore Literacy Council. Amazing. Yeah. And we, we had listeners in coming from Delhi in India Amazing. so we actually had on that zoom call uh, we had a worldwide audience and and we had that conversation with an audience that coming in from another country little, little old Quebec and then coming in from India so it was amazing right. really this good. episode is all about connecting people in new ways across the world and to learn together so it's great our first segment takes us to the South Shore Literacy Council as we said the zoom goose program zoom goose is an online adaptation of their long-running mother goose programming zoom goose is a free online weekly gathering of parents grandparents and other family members from all across the world and their children ages zero to three to share the joys of language through songs rhymes story and circle games chris got to experience the online class and chatted with three generations of family participants who were able to participate together despite being far away from each other so chris who did you get a chance to talk to yeah, Desrian and Robin, the animators for the Zoom Goose, and they're with the South Shore Literacy Council and the participants, Kiman Nguyen and her mother-in-law, which I, I didn't get her name. I'm so sorry on the podcast, so I do apologize. But also Catherine Moshopoulos and Roshana Sorti. And I really apologize if I absolutely didn't say your names correctly, but you were phenomenal and were amazing participants. And thanks to Desrian and Robin for running the show. So without further ado, guys, listen up to this uh, segment. So Desrian and, and Robin, you're both animators for Zoom Goose and, and Kim and Catherine, are you both participants of Zoom Goose? Yes, they are. And they're both part of three generations that participated. This is super exciting. I, I can't wait to learn more, Kim. So I, I know you've only got 10 minutes. So Catherine and Desrian, I was just going to uh, quickly ask Kim a couple questions about Zoom Goose and her experience and the three generations um, that has been exposed to Zoom Goose um, before you got to go. <laughs> but Kim, tell us about your experience with Zoom Goose and, and the three generations of your family. Uh, it's yeah. so exciting. So, so basically, the, 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 how it all started is actually I did the Zoom program with my first daughter when she mm -hmm. was, I think, around nine months. So at that time, it was still in presentiel. So it was like face to face. Mm -hmm. And then when this whole pandemic started, uh, the program started. Uh, but at that time, you know, everybody was split up, like the families, we couldn't talk to each other and yeah. everything. So the way it worked out is actually my mother-in-law who asked to be part of it. And Robin and Desmond said, yes, it was wonderful. Just, just to give you a heads up, I'm a pediatrician. So I'm okay. a developmental pediatrician. So I know all about liter literacy, how important it is. So basically, yeah, every time there was a, there was a Zoom with Mother Goose, would come and join in. And that okay. would be like, initially, my daughter Lillian 
didn't really understand what was going on. But then after a while, she got used to see her 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 grandma on the screen, okay. and she was really looking forward to it. Uh, and see her grandma moving with the songs and everything. So it really became like a kind of daily activity, basically, because we're doing it in French, we're doing it in English. So, and at the same time, it really helped me also, uh, because as you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, the activities were kind of lacking. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> so, but it, it was honestly, it was wonderful. It was kind of this joint activity that everybody could be part of. Uh, my mother-in-law is more French, uh, but she learned a lot of English song, a lot of French songs, so they could actually sing together after a little while. Beautiful. Isn't what? that amazing? It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really good. Actually, my mother-in-law is here. You want to hear a little bit? Yeah, from absolutely. Her? Yeah, okay. that'd be fantastic. Hi, hello. And I just wanted to tell you that I, I enjoyed very much uh, all the songs that I learned. Because I don't speak much. Well, I used to, to, to learn English at McGill, but I forgot <laughs> for 40 years now. But when I, when I could learn all these small songs in English, which I, I didn't know e either, no, none of them, I was very Beautiful. happy. It was very a good moment. And I was singing with my, my, with, uh, granddaughter. my granddaughter, too. So... Was a great thing, and the the, the team was, was very good. Eh? There were three girls. I remember three three, and they uh, they were very good, very good. Well, the, the three yeah. girls that actually ran the Zoom Goose, the the mother. Yeah, goose yeah, yeah. Okay. Where is Robin and Robin? <laughs> yeah, well, they were very nice, nice people. You know, always smiling and uh, giving us uh, the best web yeah. they could do. Eh? Absolutely. <laughs> It is great. And they are special people. I mean, the, the women that are putting on this program to enable you to connect with your granddaughter and to have the experience of learning some English songs and so forth. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, gorgeous yeah. girl. How you doing? And, uh, oh, there's another one here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's a little it's baby. A tiny baby. <laughs> Tiny, tiny baby, two weeks. <laughs> and Chris, I have to tell you, we watched them participate from separate houses for most of the program, but the day they showed up together, singing and doing the motions in the same place, all of us just cheered because we were so happy they got to be together. And you know, I enjoyed very much the English, English songs. I don't know, because uh, maybe I didn't know them, but it was very nice and sweet swinging uh, songs. Very nice. Great, great. Yeah. So, so you you grew up learning predominantly uh, French songs, is that right? I grew up in France, you know, so oh, I didn't okay. know any English, any of any okay. English song, none. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, some of the French uh, where I I knew them, but not at all, not all, but the okay. English, no. But it was very nice. I, Good. Oh yeah. How would you recommend other? grandparents other parents to to get involved in zoom goose would you encourage them to to sure. come along to the program I, I, and oh yes oh yeah because after they send the, the song so if you can't remember because that's the problem also we don't remember every song you know mm -hmm. we don't have the good memory like the young ones <laughs> so they send the book you know and it's it's all written so if you don't remember, you still can read them before and after, and it's easier oh. for us. Oh, then, so you get sent. So Robin and, and Desrian, they they sent you the books with the it's, songs. It's before. it's all the the yeah. It's not a book. It's a booklet. You know, a booklet. A okay. Sheet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A song song sheet with yeah. all the music on there. Because oh, okay. I don't remember everything. Yeah, I'm past sixty five, and it's yeah. doesn't come easily. <laughs> Oh, I'm playing piano and it doesn't come easily also. So no. but I enjoy it. Because when I when I'm still with my with Lily, we are singing much often with the English songs. And have you found that really improve or you've been able to connect with your grandchild? What's what's been the most important part about you connecting with your your grandchild, what's been the the greatest impact for you? I think my grandchild, uh, she loves singing. Mm -hmm. And every every part of sing she can do, it's all, always good. 
So mm-hmm. I was singing in a choir and I was singing with her. I was learning jazz in a choir. I was singing all the songs. And with the, also your group, I was singing also. So she's always singing with me and she Great. loved it. I think wow. she's going to be a musician sometime. I don't know. Wow. She, <laughs> she loves the music. She loves it. How do you feel? Do you, you feel great about Oh, yeah, about sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. I miss it. But, you know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to redo. Because okay, I, I was very busy, busy, busy with uh, Zoom, with uh, books and uh, all sorts of things. So I couldn't do it. And I'm doing it with my little grand, grandchild. But if she's not there, I don't have the opportunity. She has to be with me and or with Zoom when she's there. It's all right. Yeah. Well, you well, know you're always welcome. I know, I know. <laughs> well, now you get to have another round. The whole family. Yeah, I'm gonna get. Instagram. I'm gonna Yay. get an, another opportunity. <laughs> you're gonna see me again. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We really appreciate. It. We love hearing that story. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to tell you, you have an English uh, accent, and uh, I was singing with the Stay at Home Choir. Choir. It's an English. Uh, as a choir okay. from and, uh, australia or from uh, no, england? from england england and okay we we, uh, we we were singing a song and we were about 5000 people you singing with 5000 people 5000 people in a choir oh my goodness that's, that's a lot impressive. you can that's go <laughs> and see it it's it's called stay at home choir stay at home choir on and youtube it's in- on english the internet pe- uh, on youtube Okay. It's English English people who's doing that. Very good. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out on YouTube. Yeah, Stay check it out. Choir. It's very fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, how good's that? Well, thank you, thank you so much. I know I know Kim had to go uh, soon because of the newborn, so I, I don't want to yeah. hold you up in case. I'm gonna I'm really... gonna leave you with Kim. Okay. Okay. See you brilliant. guys. Thank you very Bye-bye. much. Bye. Thank you so much. That's. Thank you, Kim. If there's any final thoughts you want to leave us with, uh, but uh... I just think keep going. I mean, it's an excellent program. Uh, and as a developmentalist pediatrician, I even refer to your program to a lot of my, I take care of ex premature babies. Uh, and so I refer a lot of my parents to your program because I think it's really, really important. Yeah. Thank you for the kind words. And if you ever were interested in starting a group for your parents, that would be amazing. We yeah. <laughs> yes, we should totally do that. Let me take care of this little one first, but yes, we'll talk to you. <laughs> Got it. Thank you, Kim. Right. Have a great Thanks afternoon. Time, Thank Kim. you so much. Bye, Bye guys. Bye-bye. That's, that's fantastic, Bye. huh? I mean, what an amazing story. And uh, you can just tell the the platform that you've given them to be able to have that experience is phenomenal. So uh, sensational. So I guess we come to Catherine. We'll just we'll just come to you. And, and so you're a, you're a participant of Zoom Goose as well? Yes, I am. All right. And so what's been your experience with, with Zoom Goose? It's, it's been amazing, honestly. I had my little guy right at the start of the pandemic when everybody like shut down. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, I think I, it was about six months or five mo- months. He was about five or six months. We, we started joining and it was due to my mother-in-law who actually knows Dizreen. <laughs> Um, and she's like, yeah, there's this really great program. Maybe we should check it out. You know, all that. She was all pumped and excited. And I'm like, I'm super awkward, but that's not my thing. And how does that work? And people are going to see me and you know, all that crazy random stuff. Oh, just, just on that, Catherine, sorry to cut you off, but is that a a genuine, it's a genuine fear, isn't it? Of stepping out of your, you know, 100%. (laughs) I can can totally relate. (laughs) Desreen and I were both nervous about seeing ourselves and being on the screen too, but we just got over it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, exactly. So, so with all that, we pushed through the fear and I got the little guy on and we connected with Rick Shano over the Zoom and with Robin and Desreen and that was, that was really awesome. And back in, at the start of the pandemic, there was like, we weren't able to see each other like really like you usually would have your family over and people get to see the baby and all that. And we missed out on all of that. So the fact that they were able to have this connection over, over the, the video was, was amazing. 
Brilliant. So, so yeah, that was that was really nice. And so he was six months. Now he's a year and a bit and a few months. And so he's taken his first steps towards the camera to grandma and to Robin. <laughs> oh, yeah. and to Green. We really? witnessed that. We witnessed yeah. that, and that, that was, was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So your baby took. Yeah, your, yeah. The first he, steps towards towards grandma on the on the Zoom call. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's, that's when that's, she first saw him. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's incredible. Oh so, yeah, no, it's it's been really nice. Like uh, Kim was saying, there's hasn't been any activities that you're able to join and do with your baby. So having this has been fantastic. We we started with just the English one, and and then I started doing the French one as well because it's just like songs I never knew. And even the English ones, half of them I didn't know. So <laughs> it was all right. nice to learn on the, all these new songs together and we get to sing them. And now when we do visit or we see each other, Theo and Rikshana get to sing together and dance and all that stuff. So it's been really, really good. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And welcome, Rikshana. We have Rikshana Thank on you. the line. It's so <laughs> great, to, great to meet you. And and yeah, so same. Theo, and as Catherine was mentioning, that you, you've been able to be connected with Theo. And can you share with us your experience and how, yeah. how that's come along? Yeah, well, with, with it being the year that it has been, obviously, I you know, haven't been able to be there as grandma from the very beginning. So it was weeks before we even saw him and then months mm. before we could touch and so on and so forth. So the video basically in the video chat is, is all we've got. So this was another avenue to, to be able to share something as audience and not just, you know, the two together. So we're sharing it. Somebody else is leading it, but we're participating together. It's kind of, yeah, it's a, it's a whole new venue. Your usual WhatsApp video chat, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's given another dimension of connection, being right. having an animator, having someone, kind of run the show for you and you're able right. just to you know, focus on connecting with your, yeah, with your family. Yeah. yeah. It's Catherine and Roxana found a way to pin, which I'm not good at, but that way the baby saw Roxana through the program and was right there with her. Brilliant. <laughs> That's right. Brilliant. Yeah. So I had Theo pinned so that he was just big and then everybody else was tiny all over the place and, and they had me pinned there so he could see my face. You could see him because I think you have two laptops, the one on the bottom and then the big TV on the top and you can yeah. see him going up and down. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. usually that's, will that's we'll cast the computer screen. So now he knows that whenever I have the laptop at the bottom, he'll look up at the, at the TV. <laughs> oh, where's it going? Where's it coming from? <laughs> right, Brilliant. Right, right. Yeah. And for all those listeners at home who don't know what pinned mean, <laughs> getting pinned. Pin, yeah. Pin simply that means that you're taking that one person and making them the whole screen. Perfect. Yeah. So instead of, so for a little child who's seeing a screen with, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 different small little, they can't right. really focus. So this way they've just got the one face and, and whatever it is that you're doing, you're able to, you know, really sort of, uh, yeah, animate better with them. Oh, sensational. That, that, is, that is wonderful. It's, it's such good. It's inspiring to hear this stuff. It's, it's really good. And, and I guess you, how would you recommend other families to get involved? Would you, how would you encourage them? Uh, what, would you, what would you say to them if they had a little bit of apprehension or they were a little bit of, you know, scared? Catherine mentioned about the, the fear factor of just even getting started, you know, which is a real thing. So how, how would you, what would you say to families that are feeling the same way that you could encourage them to, to come along and get this experience? Well, for me, you know, I mean, there's so many families who have, especially grandparents who have children who have moved away because for jobs and so on and so forth. So they're living in cities all, all over the world, literally. Right. So this, this is a great way to, um, to connect and to share something that is something completely different. It's not just you speaking, them speaking back. And then you have those awkward pauses where nothing's really happening. And whereas here, something is going on all the time and okay. they get to look at you, but also react to what's going on and participate. So there's a, there's this, this whole loop of awareness thing that's going on at all times. And you're a part of that with the child. And wow. it's, it's, yeah, it's unique and it's a wonderful 
offering that these ladies have put together. So it's it's where and that all of you have put together. So it's Amazing. yeah, it's, it's a really nice thing to to join up. There's no apprehension really about it. I mean, it's just like sitting back and and uh, watching. And I mean, if you don't want to be on, you could turn your video off and just watch your child interact with what's okay. going on. Right. Right. That's a that's a good point. If you're feeling yeah. a bit uncomfortable, you can turn your camera off and yeah. and just, just be there. That's that's great advice. So, I guess in your experiences then as well, then how do you feel the importance to you mentioned like literacy and kind of connection and so forth, and and literacy we know means so many different things. Like it's just not reading and writing. It's you know, connection, interaction, kind of being engaged with the world around you. And as grandparents and parents, I just wanted to ask you, can you see the the, the literacy growth happening within your, your child, your grandchild? Yeah, hey, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I think it was the basis of, he's super musical where like right now, I think it definitely 100% helped in that development we sing along. I sing all the songs to him at the house. Like we, we constantly review them and, and go over them. And now he knows, he knows some of the actions and he'll follow along sometimes. And so I think because he was so young in the beginning, it was very like he was, he's six months old. He's not really responding as much, but now as he, as he's growing, you could see that it's kind of like embedded, you know, like from the, from that time, he remembers stuff or like he knows what's happening now, you know, he's more aware of everything. And so I think it helped with like the, just the music, musicality, I guess. So we sing, we dance and yeah, I think Mother Goose definitely had a a good chunk to do with that. So it's been really great. Awesome. And he's picked up rhythms. Like, I mean, he's just, you know, and I'm sure Mother Goose had something to do with it. Maybe not all. I think some of it comes from grandma, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but no, he's, um, you know, music. Come on. Like music is the language of the soul. So when you bring that in right from the get go and then infuse it with, you know, the poetry that comes along with it and the storytelling that goes along with it mm-hmm. and, the, and all of the, the visuals and the, you know, and the, the, the movement patterns and so on and so forth. You're really, you're working with the, the whole brain at that point. You're not just, you know, mm-hmm. you're not, it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's a learning tool that is invaluable. So it's very, very precious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Thanks for explaining. Do you think human kind of interactional animation through Zoom Goose is different to kind of like cartoon animation and so forth? There's a difference in in what's happening in the the child's brain opposed to, you know, that that stimulation or that learning process through cartoons or kind of animation opposed to like real real life animation through song and music and and dance uh, with real humans. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. There's no question about that. I mean, you're you're you've got ownership here because you're actually participating with what's going on on the screen even though it's screen. It's not the same as being, you know, sure. in the space together. Um so the energy is different but but at the same time there's that connection there. There's a heart connection, there's a mind connection, there's a body connection. So yeah, no there's no question about that as opposed to being unconnected, disconnected, watching something that's going on on TV that you're not really a part of. Mm. If uh, if it's a cartoon show or something, you're following a story. So there's a small part of your brain that's involved with listening to that, but you're not you're not fully participating in it. Yeah, right. You know, and it's our challenge as animators to really try to engage the families and the children. We know people's names. We welcome them by name. If we see somebody doing the motions, we'll say, oh, "Theo, you've got it." You know, so it's it's interactive. It's not passive. We're all okay. present in the right. moment together. So, so let me ask you all this. I was going to ask you and Desiree and Robin, but I was going to ask you all. So. What what do you do? Say I've got a, a quite an active kid. Uh, he's nineteen months old, and me and my wife were saying, "Oh gosh, like what if he's like up and get going, and he doesn't, you know, want to sit still or or what have you? How ha, have you had any of those challenges, or have you had to? Yeah, Desiree, any? I'll, you've got I'll some definitely advice? answer that because we, we often have, especially when we used to do live, and sometimes we have it now with children that seem unengaged or uninterested. And you'd be surprised how many parents will tell us later on, 
when we haven't done the session in a few weeks, oh, we miss it. My child learns so much. My child really enjoys it. You're thinking from looking at the child that they're not engaged, not really participating, but it's happening. It's happening. And it's so beautiful to see. And then often sometimes when we used to do it live, the child would be off in the distance and a song would come on, Tappa Tappa would come on or something. And they would boom, sit on mom's lap and be there. Like, even if it's just for that one song, you know, so we get all kinds. And it's really nice to see the fact that sometimes, yeah, it looks like they're totally uninterested, not paying any attention. And then, but the connection is there. And then sometimes we'll see it when the child becomes to verbalize, when they're actually able to talk or sing or do the actions. We see how involved they are. We see how engaged they are. And we're like thrilled. It's like super exciting to watch. We wow, just call those our explorers. <laughs> yeah. we, we get all different kinds of children, and sometimes there are the very active ones that are exploring, but they're absorbing at the same time, and we just encourage parents not to worry about it. The magic is happening. It's just happening in its own way, uh, in a way that suits that particular child. So, Yeah. Very cool. The magic's happening in a specific, unique way to that particular child. I love that. That's That's phenomenal adaptability is a huge term these days isn't it <laughs> um, yeah it sure is yeah I think it's going to be many years before we realize exactly mm. how this is going to have an effect on our babies that's for sure is it's yeah, quite different from being in the same room with the same people where you can go to anybody and get hugs and you know it's yeah. not even think about it not even think about you know like the health of you know grandma grandpa or what have you but yeah. Or anybody for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you guys are making the most of it and, and offering this platform for families like yourselves and, the, you know, the, the ladies that are animating. And, and it's just you give me a chop because, you know, my son's grandma's in Australia. And so I'm trying to work out a way where we can do the same thing. So 9.30 on a Saturday morning here is 11 p.m. at night, her time, which is like which but i'm sure you know she she's a pretty late to bed person so i'm sure it'll you know especially if she got the day off next to the next day <laughs> but uh so that that'll be that'll be fun to try you know to to try what you're all doing and connecting the the generations together because uh like you said we, we've been doing whatsapp video calls and and things which has been great and getting involved in bath time and this sort of stuff and reading books but that that third-party mother goose type of setup would be would be great for everybody it's like going to a, a movie or it's like going to a show you know really where where you're not the 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 animators but you're both together and participating together in your own way so it's, mm. kind of a, it's unique <laughs> that's for sure that's great well, mm-hmm. I'd like to say, hopefully, hopefully we can we can get back together in person, but but offering it as a hybrid so that people from around the province from around the the globe can get together, even if mm-hmm. we can't actually uh, be there in person, because I'm sure a lot of families couldn't be there, you know. Yeah. So it's it's great to offer it online. And yeah, and just one other thing I wanted to mention was that you know children have not had the same kind of opportunity this past year to to be with other children as well so it's really nice to be able to to see that there are other parents out there i mean poor theo has been with you know adults and a dog and a cat and very little contact with little ones right from the day one that he came into this planet and it was like i don't know that he even knows that there's all sorts of other families out there with other little kids Mm. and so this gives them an opportunity to see that oh Oh, there are like, oh, there's a big person and a small person and there are a couple of small persons there. And, you know, it just it just widens his horizons a little bit more Mm -hmm. than what he would have normally had. Had he been able to do all the things with mommy and daddy that he would normally would have done, you know, normally. Yeah. The things we would have taken for granted, like just, you know, that social interaction with with their, their peers, the kids of their own age. Whereas now it's like you look at it and go, wow, I'm totally grateful for any any. Uh, connection with with uh, little persons as you put it <laughs> yeah and also being able to see a plethora of different types of people you know yeah. there's all sorts of colors and, and people wearing different things and uh, different uh, insides of their their rooms and so on and so forth it just opens your 
your mind up a little bit more. So it allows them to sort of not be <gasps> when they actually go out in the world when yeah. that comes about. <laughs> and it's nice to see like the, the animals come across the screen as well. Like when <laughs> the dog is in this shot or the cats come across to visit or just want to patter away. It's like, it's nice to see that, you know, like sometimes they'll look just pointing at the, that animal or that thing. The other week I was watching Catherine and Taylor and her beautiful big shepherd came along. He just sat down in front of him like, sing to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean you're across the screen of the, the Zoom yeah. call? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Cool, that's... Yeah. So when, when Theo goes to daycare, Cat, you can just sign on anyway and, and bring Luna we'll with you. Come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You're welcome, both of yeah. you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, ladies, I appreciate your time and I'm aware of it. Is there any final thoughts or any any other words or any other topics you'd like to discuss before we sort of wrap things up or any any final thoughts you want to leave with us? I just want to say, you know, just to put out a, a big appreciation out there for the for the ladies who are who are running this. And I know Desi has been doing it for like 25, 26 years. And you, I don't know wow. how long you've been at it, Robin, but yeah, it's, it's a real dedication and, and you, you can, you can just feel the, the exuberance with which they do it, you know, and yeah. I don't know, they're just, it's heartfelt and you can feel the love. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's huge. That is huge. I mean, well, I mean, they, obviously Robin yeah. and, and Desiree and you, you, people, givers you know like give people giving you know of your of yourself and your time and and connecting and offering that to what these families and so forth but to, to have a bit of recognition thanks uh Roshana. i appreciate appreciate sure. you doing that and sure. i just want to say that we we all count on mother goose to recharge our batteries because as much as we <laughs> give we get watching the kids singing and dancing and laughing and the grandparents and grandchildren connecting it's amazing so you give right back <laughs> and we really appreciate it uh, it's definitely a good platform and i hope that you can get the word out there and get many 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 more people involved absolutely thank you thank you very much yeah absolutely Catherine, desiree if you have any final thoughts at all you'd like to leave with us before you you we, we let you loose on the day <laughs> Well, I will just say that the love that we that we give out, we definitely get back in seeing how much you enjoy the program, how much you look forward to seeing us, the fact that you come back every week. So we thank you very much for that. Well, yeah. that, that yeah, way Desiree's going to be going to, for another 25, 26 years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Yeah, no, just a great big thank you uh, to everybody running the program. It's been really amazing. It's been really great to be with everybody and and share just that, even that half an hour. It's it's perfect. It gives us a little something to do, a little see some other people, you know, kind of thing. So, no, just yeah, thank you very much. That that's my that's my number. That's that's why I kept coming back was because it was so easy going. It was so lovely. You guys made it so easy and so pleasant to join and it was no stress, you know. So it's just been really great. And yeah, now with Theo going to daycare, I, I might just pop pop on when I when I have a chance. <laughs> I'm on Saturdays. We're there Saturday mornings yes, at 9 30. Yeah, it's a little early, try. but yeah, no, definitely. No. You're more Saturdays than welcome. We decided to do the Saturday sessions so parents who have to go back to work or kids who go to daycare can still tune in and say hello because yeah. we miss you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll definitely pop on uh, when we can, mm -hmm. absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Good luck to you with, you know, your, your family in Australia. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna write to my mother and just uh, tell her that uh, <laughs> hey, look, you know, you wanna wanna say. I mean, what else is she gonna do on a Saturday night at well, 11, exactly. 11 p.m.? Maybe maybe have a little vino on the you know off, off camera. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mother Goose, said, well, ladies, thank you so much for your time. I know uh, everyone's busy, and uh, to, to give us you know half an hour of your time to share that with us, we really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to seeing you in some Zoom gooses uh, coming up. So thanks Great. a lot. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. 
All right, so in this next segment uh, is an excerpt of the TED Circles hosted by the South Shore Literacy Council. So if all of you guys don't know what TED Circles are, uh, TED Circles are a a program started by the organizers of the famous TED Talks, which I'm sure a lot of you have jumped on YouTube or seen some videos about TED Talks. And so TED stands for Technology, Entertainment and Design. And the talks have become very popular over the last 10 years, especially. TED is a nonprofit devoted to spreading ideas is usually in the form of a short, powerful talk, around 18 minutes or so. And you, you can find talks on many different topics and watch them on YouTube for free. And so TED Circles are run by volunteer groups like the, the one at South Shore Literacy Council to discuss a TED Talk about the monthly theme. And, and so by considering each other's perspectives, they create a global conversation, which we had obviously with the South Shore Reading Council and the participants from India, all the way from India. The TED Circle at the South Shore Literacy Council, they connected people virtually to engage on topics and to create connections with each other despite being online. So in this interview segment, we we hear from Robert Bryan and organizers, Robin Sales and Rachel Wagner, and they talk about their experiences in participating with TED Circles and their reactions to the TED Talk about risk taking. Listen up, gang. We finished our conversation with Ted, and now we're talking with Literacy Quebec. And so, welcome. Thank you very much for organizing this. And I really enjoy the group sessions because then you can really understand where where people are coming from. Definitely, Rob. After sort of second what you say, it really added another dimension of impact for me personally because I, I listen to TED talks quite a lot on my own, but but be part of a a team of people like you and and from India and from Mexico and from Canada, of course, but it just, it added a really another dimension. So yeah, thanks again, Robin and, and Rachel for doing that. And, uh, and I guess, did you, any of you want to share your experience with or kind of double take on what you spoke about in the TED circle once, once you'd watched the TED talks, but also about risk taking? So I, there's two points that, that really struck me. Is is that she quoted Socrates, and and so we always we always think of it as a Shakespearean quote. But I love what she quoted it to be: is to be is to do. And so we're defined by not our inaction, but we're defined by our choices. And I loved that that so many people in the group that when they talked about risk, they they didn't talk about extraordinary events, but they talked about daily events. And I love the the point that was brought up that to have a family presently is one of the most significant risks that we can take. And so it just, I, I loved that it was also brought the idea of molecules. So when you break it down to a molecular level, then it's not risk, it's taking a step. And so I, I think that, I, that those were truths that I'm most familiar with. But I felt like sharing them from another vantage point really changed how I risked and and how how I'll go forward. That when you take it down to the molecular level, it's not a matter of bravado; it's a matter of taking the next step forward. Chris, I liked your question about what was the difference with kids. Yep, and I, I really didn't think about it that much, but. You know, as a father, and, and you're, you're a father too now, is you want to be protective. But yep. on the flip side is, well, when you do risk or like uh, when I took my daughter to the camping, okay, something could happen, you know, she could slip, fall, drown, be attacked or stuff like that. But as a parent, you know, you calculate the risk. So now you, your children, at least if you introduce that, it's your children. My, my daughter is now like 30 years old and she will, I see how she calculates the risk of my grandson now. So when we're around the pool or stuff like that, like my wife would scream and I'm more relaxed and she's, she's doing the same thing. She's letting the child explore as much as possible, probably in the back of her head, calculating the risk, what could possibly happen. So. Each individual is different, and but it's interesting how eventually the parent just has to let go and and see that how the next generation tackles how the risk happens and how you evaluated it, how your 
how your son or daughter calculated and then your grand grandson and granddaughter afterwards, how, how all that's handled. So when you mentioned that, that's, that's what came to my mind is, is how if people are very, very restrictive on risk and put it onto their children, maybe they'll be very, very restrictive and on the flip side, very, very adventurous as well. So it really comes into on an individual basis of uh, how you want to handle it. I think those are excellent points, Robert. And I think I mentioned earlier that for me, finding that balance and encouraging my son to have adventures and take take calculated risks carefully, but but to be out there in the world and discover and explore is is one of the great joys and challenges of being a mother. I know my parents gave us the gift of adventures, and I certainly want to pass that on to him. Someone was talking before, I can't remember if it was one of the presenters of the two TED Talks or one of the participants, but it was something along the lines, you can just sit in the lazy boy and critique everything and everyone, or you can, you know, you can get out there and go for it. And, and I think, Robert, you might've been speaking something, but what came to my mind was the expression, it's better to burn out than to fade away. And I believe I asked from a film years ago that I saw called Highlander and the idea of you know, living your life vibrantly with the flame burning. I don't know, there's something something that's, you know, pretty cool about that and important, I think. And the other thing, you know, being a parent with kids, I think I also want to, I'm a big believer in role modeling. And I, I think I I want to have my kids know the importance of, you know, taking calculated risk, the ability to do risk assessment, to evaluate the pros and cons and different threads of a situation before making that jump. Because sometimes I think that Sometimes, you know, the question, do people sometimes just want to take risks sometimes because they just want to feel they're alive? So, Chris, this is this is Rachel. Just a thought, uh, and this has been my experience, uh, is Robin, I believe, has met my mother. But my mother um, is a really petite woman. And 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 so, like, she's there were we're six kids, so she's not a nun. But if that life had been offered to her, she would have loved living in a nunnery. She just, <laughs> she's, she's such a hermit. She really, she, she feels very anxious about leaving her house and she's just incredibly conservative. And so I, I, I look at my childhood and I look at my extraordinarily cautious mom and I think, you know what? Sometimes fruit falls far from the tree and sometimes people say, are you from the same orchard? So that's just... <laughs> but it struck me is that I'm able to take risks, not because my mom was a risk taker, but because my mom created such a sentiment of security mm. that that stayed with me as an adult. And so it, it is a balance is that we want to model appropriate risk for our children, but sometimes children are better able to take risks when they've experienced security. And so is, is finding that balance because I find that what I do and what I choose now is all related to the fact that my mom gave me a safe place to land when I tripped. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good perspective on things, Rachel, because it's it's what you what you may be saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like your 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 mum being conservative, like you say, you you may have processed that as a young person and kind of was open-minded enough to, to go, okay, you know, like I appreciate my mum's conservativeness, but I, I also sort of see some things that I'm, I'm not going to duplicate. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look at the world around me a little bit and I feel secure from my mother, but I'm going to take a risk anyway, because I, I feel as though my, my mother might be a little bit, you know, too conservative, if that makes sense. Like me with my mother, there's some things that I, I do. And like, I just, you know, love it a bit, but there's some things that I've learned, you know, not to do because, because of my parents, instead of sort of going down the same track, am I on the, am I on the right track or am I completely off it? Well, my mom, one thing that I did learn from her, she, <laughs> she just said, there's things to do and you just do them. You don't read a book about it, for goodness sakes, you just do it. <laughs> so while she was indeed conservative, she was never hesitant to get a job done when it needed doing. And so I think we're always, we're always a bit self-reflective, uh, but there's also a time to 
just do. Yeah. Very good point. And we have a new, we have a new participant, uh, uh, Marlon. Uh, you're welcome to the podcast episode we're recording. Welcome. I remember when I was very young, my family was so protective of me. I was able to do nothing. I could not go to parties. I could not invite friends home, anything. So now I am the opposite. I want my children to go out and about in the world. So yes, you're right, Robin. Yeah, I'm the youngest of five children, Cynthia, and I did a lot of watching and deciding whether whether that was a good example to follow or whether I should do the opposite growing up. That's that's where that comment came from. <laughs> Thank you to my siblings who provided all kinds of lessons. <laughs> well, and it teaches you that you can learn from others' experiences. Absolutely. Saves a little bit oh. that way. One of the points that I loved best about the, the program was from the... Svetlana from Belarus, who had taken on the position for her spouse for the presidential election. But but I wrote in my note is that isolation is the parent of fear. And so I feel like in our family situations is that we're ultimately, we are enclosed and that makes us less fearful because I feel like um, that's something because I've always lived in a large family situation. It's never occurred to me the idea of being, <laughs> being alone. <laughs> but I think that part of part of resilience really is is seeking out connection and to to draw it back to to why we do these circles and why we do this programming is is that is that we don't want to be islands and we don't want any of our communities to be islands because we recognize that fear, especially in the time of of a pandemic, is really the period of that isolation is the period of fear. And so by creating these connections is that we are creating an opportunity for, for especially for seniors to decrease that level of fear, because it's just, it's a sense that they're not alone. And it's also a sense that the outside, that there is a world beyond the COVID pandemic, because I think part of, part of isolation is also mental isolation. And so to have new ideas creates, creates a sense of connectedness. And so Love it that it's uh, we've been able to reach the amount of people that we have. We would have never expected this level of turnout. So we're we're thrilled that we are we are counteracting isolation, and by counteracting isolation, we're counteracting fear. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we went to Mexico and Australia. Oh yeah, and Nevada, <laughs> and Nevada. <laughs> yeah, one of the determinants of you know human health is socialization, and it just reminds me what you were saying, Rachel. Like, you know, especially people who live alone and during this worldwide pandemic, you know, these, these virtual lifelong learning sessions, like TED Talks and Pack Your Bags and things that Social Literacy Council are providing, but it also connects with people's need for belonging, for almost like a community family type feeling. And, you know, if you live alone or if your family members aren't in the same state or province as you, there's something important about that and, and then getting to make new acquaintances and potential friendships with people you don't know from another country. I think that's pretty powerful. That ties in beautifully with the talk, Ryan. One of her comments was our courage is born from unity. And uh, the hope is to increase the feeling of unity and connection and to build community. And I think we've begun to do that with these conversations, whether they're about travel or about 10 circles. I agree, Robin, like the Belarus lady speaking about the mobilization and the elections and, you know, ladies in white dresses going with flowers to, to mobilize, even though they knew they might be arrested. When she said, when you're one or two people, you can be daring. When you're maybe 20 people, you can be brave. But when you're thousands of people behind you and the cause, you can be fearless. And then if you're like a hundred thousand, you can have that feeling that you're invincible. So yeah, there's something, uh, something powerful there about unity and uh, support. And, uh, and then she said one other thing that really grabbed me is she, at one point she wanted to give up, but she said, I'm not going to give up because I will show up for the others because the other people showed up for me at the rallies. I thought that, that was, was very powerful. powerful. Yeah. I was just going to ask everybody on that on Belarus and the situation there that that speaker explained on the TED talk, because I, I kind of didn't feel qualified to have any opinion on that at all, because I feel so grateful and so privileged to be 
you know, grown up in a country or, you know, now Canada before Australia that just didn't have that sort of immobilization, as you put it, Brian, or rigged elections or, or not that I know of anyway, right guys? <laughs> but I mean, let me ask you all this question. Like how, I mean, the risk taking that those ladies did, I mean, I find it just been one of the most bravest things I've ever, I've ever sort of come across where you know that you're going to get battered and beaten and so forth for you protesting silently and then, and so forth, because I've never experienced that you know, with my kind of privileged upbringing, but so I didn't feel like I had any, anything to say on that. Or I'm trying to say that like Belarus being the country in that circumstance, is, is the risk-taking out of desperation? Does it come from people like I think uh, Cla Claudie said, like enough is enough, like they're tired of, of this situation in their country. So, you know, they have the, the within themselves to actually stand up and know that they're going to be beaten to try and cause change you know i'm trying to put myself in their shoes which is very hard to do it's interesting one of the challenges of creating these ten talks was to find speakers that would inspire but would also contrast mm. and when i chose the talk about belarus i thought oh that's a huge contrast to diana nyad but the essential that i took away from both is that both took risks within the context of either Diana's supportive team or the whole country's need for that risk to be taken. And it wasn't an isolated person taking an isolated risk. But in, in terms of Belarus, I think that they've been under an authoritarian government for 25 years and it's not getting better. It's actually seems to be deteriorating and that may have been part of the motivation. I have to say, Chris, speaking of risk-taking, choosing that talk was a risk for me. And, uh, and part of that is upbringing because my mother always said, don't talk about politics, religion, or money, dear, when you're both in your group of people. Well, when you are well-raised, that is a rule. Yeah, but then I married a political scientist who starts all of his conferences and his dinner parties talking about politics, religion, <laughs> Usually not money. But anyway, he and I went back and forth about that talk and I decided to take a risk and have us talk about it, even though it was political, because I liked the emphasis on how important connection and unity is to giving mm -hmm. giving ourselves courage or to standing up. Besides politics, I think it's it's really the human side of it. Would you really see her and you don't see a politician bragging about something you see a human being standing for or whatever she felt it was correct at the point mm. Absolutely. i don't think I, I do not know if it was right if it was wrong but it was she stood for it because she believed it was all right and not for her but for her surroundings so i think that's much more than politics yeah. I absolutely agree. And that's what won me over. <laughs> yes. That talk. But but also she said that, you know, she was a mother and a wife and very happy with both until her husband was arrested. And then she stepped up and she had never planned or dreamed of taking that step, but she felt called to do it by the situation and by her connection to her people, to her country. Uh, but it was a good contrast, Robin. And I think sometimes in life, we have to feel uncomfortable, uh, a little out of our element. But I think there's can be really good opportunities in those moments for enriched learning. Sometimes you got to be uncomfortable. Sometimes, it, and for me, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm listening to someone speaking about a situation where, you know, maybe their countries you know, and citizens are experiencing something that I'm not experiencing here in Canada, my feeling is just listen. Be empathetic, be sensitive, and try to learn. Yeah, good point. And and hopefully, my, my hope is that authoritative government never, empires never last. That's that's my hope, that, that 25 years in the whole grand scheme of things isn't a long time, but it's a very long time in people's lives. And and that if it's to say that, you know, authoritative government don't don't last because they, they get broken up by the people, I'm, I'm all for that personally. And just, just a quick comment, this being... I'm having dual citizenship. 
is, is having to watch what happened in Belarus um, concurrent with what was happening in the United States most recently in the last two um, elections is that it just reminds us that democracy is deeply fragile and, and to be grateful for what we have, but also to not look at history as a precedent and say, because historically we have, we have made good choices that we will perpetually make good choices. So I think that, I think her talk actually inspired me to say that uh, never take for granted the fragility of what you have. Good point. And Brian wrote in the chat, fully agree, don't take democracy or freedom for granted. And it reminds me, Chris, and everyone else here on this podcast of just, you know, every day on planet Earth, like if you're in the space shuttle or the space station looking down on Earth, you know, every day, all those billions of human beings were each waking up in their own reality, their own community, their own country. The risk that present themselves to different human beings in different areas of the planet Earth are going to be sometimes different and sometimes, you know, maybe you know, it might seem mind-boggling or maybe I might not even be able to relate to that kind of risk, but it's just, uh, it's kind of powerful when you kind of look at it from like, wow, one planet and all the variety of risks that could present themselves and some life-threatening or life-changing risks for people. Yeah, well said. And, and hopefully we can all take a bigger perspective on things and have more empathy for, for like you say, Brian, human beings around the world, right? I think Chris and Brian are saying the exact same thing for me. I remember. Uh, Warren Buffett being asked a question, how did, what built your wealth? And he said, well, I, I was lucky to be born as a male in North America. And that hit home to me. And all through my life, I, I you know, you ha all I could do is have empathy when my indigenous friends tell me their lives and some of them don't even have, when they're telling their communities don't have water and stuff like that. For me, it's very frustrating because I just provide empathy. I, I don't, do anything, you know, I say, well, poor you, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard, you know, for myself to, to actually get off my axe and, and do something, you know, what the hell is happening with the water supply to our indigenous people? Why can't we get it to, to them? Well, what can I do? But no, I just go in my nice life here and continue on. And I just say, I have empathy and do absolutely nothing. It's a tough, but it's, 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 a, and I appreciate that, Robert. It's a very vulnerable thing to say, because I'm sure, you know, not speaking for everybody, but that's certainly something that maybe a majority of us have that same situation, don't we? We, we feel the same as what Robert just said there, but I guess it's, it's good to acknowledge it and, and then we can as long as we acknowledge it and know that it's there, well, then we can, we can do something about it, even if it's something very small. Actually, Robert, one of the TED Talks that I really considered sharing was about an expedition to the um, South Pole. And the folks who did it took the trip to raise awareness about water issues around the world. And for me, that was an example of a personal risk for a greater cause, but that might interest you. I'll send it in the links I send out. Yeah, Robin, that's very good because I think with especially Ted, they raise awareness uh, right there, right around the world with people that are really on the spot. So, you know, I, I, I have a great deal of empathy for people who aren't as privileged, like as Chris says, the privileged society. And I've realized I am, you know, I've been lucky enough to work hard and have the job and stuff like that. And at the same time, when I got older, listening to the TED Talks and listening, hey, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I, I, I can't complain about anything, you know, and, and I should be taking the next step to say, okay, what can I do to improve the world? And I haven't done that. Yeah. But again, again, you, you and you and millions of other people, Robert, I think you, I don't think you're on your own there. I think, I think we just spoke about the support in numbers, uh, and you could probably feel a lot of, you know, a little bit more fearless in that, you know, knowing that, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. And, and then what we can do is, is maybe from this phone call, we could do something about that. And the next, next time we're in that situation of, of everything, we can we can maybe, you know, plant that tree or we can make, pick up that phone and make that call, or we can, we can actually put some action behind that empathy to really, you know, move the, move the gauge in just in one little notch. How about we make a deal on that? 
<laughs> that is that is an excellent idea. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Sounds like a, a great idea. And I'd like to add earlier in our conversation today, I think it was Christy who talked about how it, what feels like a huge risk in some sort of local if you take it and reflect it And I think all of us in, in small ways do affect the people around us and do make changes for them, either positive, negative, or negative in our daily actions. And they may not be the grand gesture, but they are having an impact. I wouldn't underestimate that either. Robert, there's a power in seeing like each six of us on the phone call can do something, uh, you know, tomorrow that that's, that just make, makes the world a little bit of a little bit better. And if all six of us do it, that's six times as much more than just us on our own. Robin, you you raised a typical point with me is my company was part of let's say a 10k run, a 10k run, which we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for the uh, St. Joseph's and Children's Hospital. And my, and I didn't think of it, you know, I was having fun. I was doing, I go out, raise some money, you know, hundred, hundred bucks, a couple of hundred bucks. That's nothing. But when it all accumulated, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, there you go. You just remind me, my, my nephew, my nephew's son had cancer in his throat and that money, they brought in a special doctor to, to come in and do the operation. With the, you know, as a small, a small contributions that we did that, that saved his life. So you're right. Is even the smallest gesture is meaningful, I guess. You may never quite know how those gestures will have an impact. Everybody, I'm really uh, appreciative of your time and I'm respectful of your time. And I just really appreciate this conversation and, uh, I'm so wrapped that we recorded it because it's going to be a fun, fun to, to get it out on the podcast, but. Did anyone have any, any final thoughts that they want to leave with us before we sort of wrap things up? I just want to thank you very much for all the interest and support you've shown the different programs in the in South Shore and the Montreal area with your podcasts, and especially for the South Shore Literacy Council. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invite. I've enjoyed it a lot, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thank bye. you. Make that call. All right. Hey. Thank you. What an episode. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah. We're (laughs) coming to the close. You know, it means that we're going to talk about some upcoming events. Sure. And there's a big one coming up. International Literacy Day is on September 8th again this year. Literacy Quebec is celebrating by running daily giveaways and competitions. So be sure to check out our social media. Yeah, check out social media and uh, Reclaim Literacy in Wellington, Verdun. They're running uh, like a a 40th anniversary slash International Literacy Day, big event, book giveaways and so forth. So if you're around Montreal, come down to Verdun on Wellington Street. But check out the social media because we're going to be doing daily posts, daily uh, giveaways, a couple of literacy t-shirts here and there and and some, some, some really wonderful gear, some swag, some literacy swag. So check out the social media from Literacy Quebec. Another big thing that you've just mentioned, a lot of our member organizations are celebrating for their 40th anniversaries. Mm-hmm. One of those organizations is Yamaska Literacy Council. And we're going to have an interview with them coming up on our next episode. But first, we want to tell you about the 2021 PGI virtual fundraiser they're having for literacy Thursday, September 9th at 7 p.m. We're going to post the link to how to participate, how to join that fundraiser in our show notes. It's just around the corner and we're we're hoping to get some of those guests on. So uh, we are, we are. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. reaching out to PGI guys. I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. we'd love to get some, some, you know, some of your celebrities or some of your staff or organizers on online and have a guest conversation like we're doing on this podcast so that we can, we can really spread the magic of PGI event for, you know, supporting literacy. And um, yeah, so uh, if you're listening to this, <laughs> reach out to us yeah. and uh, we can have a conversation for sure. Yeah, there's some really big names who are going to be at that fundraiser. So be sure to check out the link in the show notes. Yeah. And as always, for all upcoming literacy events, check out our members' websites, our social media for updates, and we'll put the link to our members' websites and social media in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm.
So a huge thank you to all of our guests from Zoom Goose, you know, Robin, Rachel, Kim Ann, Catherine, and her mother-in-law, which I didn't get her name. Sorry, mum-in-law, you know, from the TED Circles group, Robert, Brian, Robin, and Rachel, you know, so it's just a huge thank you uh, for, for jumping on. And these conversations are hugely impacting and, and we hope that our audience are getting a lot of action points out of it. And look out for episode five of season seven coming up. As we said, we're going to celebrate International Literacy Day. It's going to be a big one. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. As always, subscribe, share our podcast, write to us at admin at literacyquebec.org. You can send us a voicemail at 514-508-6805. We are featuring a lot of the interviews on YouTube now, so be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Chris and Peter are doing such a fantastic job at putting things together for that channel, so be sure to check that out. And also... Uh, check out Facebook, Instagram. Our handle is at, at Literacy Quebec. All right. Jamie, as always, you're a pleasure. Thank you so much you for too. getting on this episode with us. Looking forward to the next one. Keep cool, everyone, and cool. go get your vaccination. Yeah, get get it, get vaxxed and read a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> read a book, book, listen to a podcast. Yeah, take us along. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Jamie. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>